like that. You want to try that. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Logan Blackman Show, this Friday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. And it has been a while since we have recorded a show. And I know the last time I recorded was on a Wednesday. I remember that because I remember saying after the show was over or when it was about to end, I'll see you guys tomorrow or see you guys Friday. And, um, yeah, that didn't, that did not happen. That actually, uh, that didn't happen at all. Really? Yeah. That show was recorded, I think on the 21st of October. It is November 6th right now. So we have not done a show in a very long time, but I made a goal last night. I was editing the Logan Blackman show website. So you should go check that out if you haven't already. And I was like, Oh, I haven't recorded in a fat minute. So I decided, you know what, Logan? We are doing this no matter what. I am sitting down and I'm actually recording a show. So that is what we are doing today on this November 6th edition. It is 11.39 on November 6th and I am excited to do a show. And man, it, since it's been such a long time since we have recorded a show again, October 21st is when I think... The last show was recorded. Let me just check real quick. Let me go on Spotify and check. And this is a great reminder to go and follow the Logan Blackman Show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts because it is available on there. Yeah, the last episode we recorded was October 21st. So a little bit ago, a little while ago, and I think in that time frame, no, I had my phone was broken at that point. So one thing I'm going to add before we get into our stuff, don't break your phone. Or don't crack your phone. Even if you think it's not that significant of a crack, do not crack it. I dropped my phone on the corner. I was walking into Noah and Spencer's apartment. This was for a uh, fantasy football draft, if I remember correctly. And I was sprinting inside. Didn't have it in my pocket. I thought I slid it into my pocket. Did not, so it fell out. I think everybody's done that at one point. You think your phone... Is going in your pocket, but it's just rubbing up against the side of your leg or something like that. Especially if you're wearing um, slick shorts or something like that. You can't really tell. Like, if you have jeans on or khaki pants or something like that, you can usually kind of feel the pocket. But if you have baggy shorts on and the pockets are kind of wide, you don't really feel that you're outside of your hand touch your pocket. So I think, I, I think that's what happened, if I remember right. But my phone's not even that badly cracked. If you know me... And I've known me for a while, I guess I should say. You would have seen my old iPhone. I think it was my iPhone 4 or 5 that was shattered to bits. I had a phone. My my second, I think it was my iPhone 4. We In my garage, we have a little... This is my garage back at home in Urbandale. We have a little car stop thing. It's like one of those things where you, you're trying to park your car and you hit that. And it's like, okay, this is where you stop. You know, some people... Put the tennis balls on a rope so when it hits your windshield, you've gone far enough. But this is like something you just put on the floor of your garage. Car hits it. Okay, we should stop right here. So I slipped on that, tripped on it, caught myself, but my phone was in my hand, screen down, shattered on the floor. That thing worked forever. Then the phone after that, cracked that one, gradually got worse and worse. Still never had any problems. I was just talking to my friend Noah about that the other day. This phone has a tiny crack in the top corner of the phone screen and I cannot access shit in this phone, <laughs> to put it lightly. There is a crack about the size of, I don't, I don't even know, a dime, 
maybe even smaller than that, on the top corner of my phone. And some reason, it has disallowed every contact feature, I guess. It's not reading any contact on the middle part of my phone where, of course, my passcode is, okay? So, of course, being me, I was like, oh, man, this phone isn't working. So I should turn off my phone. Genius enough, if you turn off your phone and have face identification set up where either A, to unlock your phone, or B, look at what your apps are telling you, you can't do that if your phone was shut off. You have to use your passcode. And since the passcode numbers are on the section, at least in part of my passcode numbers, on the section of that doesn't work, I can't get back in my phone. So therefore, I can't see what anybody has been sending me. Now, this has gone on for a few weeks now. I would like to say like four weeks or something. It's been it's been a while since this phone has been originally cracked. Or not cracked, since it's been dead pretty much. So I finally was like, okay. It's been it hasn't been too hard to live without it, to put it lightly. And I know it's like, oh my god, Logan, you're one of those people. Yes, I am super woke and I think we should not use technology. Technology is the killer of the world. Especially cell phones. We are too attached to our phones. Why don't you all just put your phones away when people are around? Those people are annoying. But it hasn't been too difficult to survive without it. I've had my laptop. I take my laptop everywhere I go anyways. So I've just been DMing people whenever I need anything from them. Which is kind of annoying because some people don't have push notifications turned on their social media accounts. I'm looking at my mom for that because she doesn't like to respond to any of my... Instagram messages that I sent until two days later, which is fantastic when you need something. But, and yet, when you crack your phone, the big thing that the moral of this story is, other than don't crack or break your phone, if you have an iPhone, make sure you have Apple Care <laughs> because I cannot afford to fix my phone unless I have Apple Care, which, which conveniently enough, we do not have Apple Care. So that means. Instead of my phone screen costing me $29.99 going to iTech up here in Cedar Falls, it's going to cost me, at least at this place, $279. I will say, I will repeat that, for a phone screen, $279 other than $29.99 that it would cost if I had Apple Care. And then the other place I went to, CPR, cell phone repair, $199. And no, that's not $1.99. That is $199. I wish it was $199. $1.99. So I'm screwed for a while now. There is more reasonable to get a new phone than it is to pay almost damn near $300 for a phone screen. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And this is Apple's thing of sticking two middle fingers up to everybody, going like, oh, you need a phone screen? Well, either buy our Apple Care or pay $300 for a screen. Not not a phone, the screen. And I have royally shafted myself because I don't have $300 to splurge on a phone screen. Most people don't. I might as well just go out and buy a new phone. So this is just a situation of Apple just saying, yeah... We're the top dogs, okay? Which every I think everybody is aware that they are, whether and people like Androids or not. I think everybody knows that Apple is the step above, at least in the 
perce- the perception, I guess, of the nationwide audience, the worldwide audience or something. And Apple knows that. So they're going to be, oh, you need some small thing fixed? Here, pay either $300 or pay for Apple Care, which I have never checked the prices for Apple Care, so I really don't know. One of my best friends from growing up, he works at Apple at Jordan Creek. I should have probably hooked up with him talking about Apple Care in years gone by or when I got this phone, which to be fair, this phone we didn't buy at a store. It was my uncle's old phone that got handed down to me. So this is a situation in where I am screwed for the time being, either until A, I get Apple Care, or B, find a, <laughs> a bootleg screen to put on my phone because I cannot access anything that's on here. I know this is really first world problems type thing going on over here. Oh, I can't access my phone. I don't know how to communicate with people. But it's just annoying, isn't it? And you go for a while of like, okay, this is not actually that bad. I can survive. I am I am capable of living without my cell phone. But then after four weeks passes or five weeks or a, <laughs> hopefully not a year, it starts to get a little annoying. And when you go to check on these places, they'll tell you the prices and that gets you even more frustrated because you're like, okay, I can't do jack shit about this situation i'm currently in but yeah again very first world problems i know i'm complaining about it but i think a lot of people if they were in this situation that are have the same or live around the same areas that i do or even if you don't maybe if you live in upper or lower areas maybe you have this problem as well where your phone doesn't work and it's very oh it's so so upsetting I can't go on Insta. Well, I can't go on Instagram or Twitter, but I can't go on Snapchat. I can't uh, go on. Uh, I can do everything pretty much. I can't. I, I. You can do everything pretty much on your laptop through your phone, but I can't text people because I don't have my contacts linked up to my laptop because my dad and I's Apple IDs were linked for a, the entire. Because this is my dad's old phone number. Everything in my phone is hand me down. The phone's a hand me down. The phone number is a hand me down because that was my dad's old phone number. <laughs> Which is amazing. So hopefully I get this situation sorted out. Because it's very, very annoying. I was hoping to have to come on today. Because I went yesterday to originally check this out. And I was hoping to do the show today and be like, oh man, I got my phone fixed. Everyone can message me again. Because I know how everybody wanted to message Logan from the Logan Blackman show. Yeah, I don't. (laughs) But that's not all we're trying to talk about today. We're not here to just rant about the stupid prices of screens for cell phones and if you don't have apple care you're screwed unless you just want to buy a new phone even insurance through the phone companies like at&t verizon t-mobile whatever you have to have apple care and here's apple again two middle fingers up kiss them at the same time and sticking them up while moonwalking away and before they leave the room while moonwalking they can do a backflip and then go back again do a front flip and then do a little spin and then walk normally and it's just while crip walking out like it's just apple has played everybody (laughs) if you don't have apple care 
you're screwed, is what Apple's saying, because you ain't going to pay, we know you aren't going to pay $279 for a phone screen. So, better buy Apple Care. So, what are we going to, what's happened, other than that whole situation, since the last time we were recorded a show? So, obviously, the last show we recorded was October 21st. Uh, Iowa football's been back, which I wish really... It wasn't with the way they've been playing so far. Pac-12 football is going to be back tomorrow, so that'll be very fun to watch as well. The MAC was back Wednesday. List past Wednesday was fun. The election was on, which isn't really election day because it's still going on because people are still counting votes. So we won't know who the president is probably till Christmas because that's just how this system has been working this year. And, yeah, I'm not going to talk about the election because I don't really want to. I don't want to waste my time talking about the presidential election because everybody's got their own opinions on that. And <laughs> I don't like getting political ever at any facet of my life. It, I, it's annoying. And, yeah, that's just what I feel about it. And I hate how people pick and choose friendships based on their political allegiances and people who argue with other people about a political allegiances because unless you are the least right or left you can possibly be, there is 0% chance you are going to convince somebody to switch political parties unless something that that other party has done has affected them greatly to make them switch the other side. Your opinion is not going to affect the other person's opinion. And I hate it. It's annoying. So I am not going to get political here on this show. Okay? We've also had a fair bit of NFL games go on. We had the Monday afternoon football game between the Bills and Chiefs, which absolutely sucked. The Bills have played a couple games since then, haven't looked great, but still gotten dubs. I wish I could say the same thing about the Hawkers. They haven't looked great and have sucked and lost at the exact same time, which is something that I wish wasn't the case. Uh, the Patriots, they stink, which is nice. Uh, and just a little side note for those of you, and we've talked about this before on the show, how the system quarterback is the dumbest phrase in sports, in football, in everything. It is my least favorite phrase ever. Now, this is also coming from a person that used to play the position, not very, not at a high level or particularly well, but I played it. The Bills, this is the first win at home for the Buffalo Bills against the New England Patriots. Now, this game was this past Sunday. Since 2011, my dad and I watched that game in my Nana and Papa's basement. Just to put it in perspective, I had my tooth knocked out in 2009, I had braces. I was tiny. I that I mean, I guess it doesn't put it into perspective for you guys because not, maybe not a lot of you knew Logan at the the point in time where I lost my tooth. But side note, getting a bone graft in December, so that'll be fun. So we will have a a new tooth for the first time since 09, which will be nice. But Ryan Fitzpatrick was the quarterback. Ryan Lindell made a game-winning field goal against the Patriots. I remember watching that game with my dad, going absolutely crazy crazy about that game we used to watch games all the time my nana papa's basement and those were some fantastic times so again the bills haven't beat the patriots since 2011 at home the bills against bill belichick this is for all you say brady's a system quarterback the bills are three and three against just bill belichick against tom brady and bill belichick the pay the bills are two and 32 now, those numbers could be, maybe they're one way or another. I'm trying to go off memory because they showed the graphic after the game. If you say Tom Brady was a system quarterback, you're stupid. Look how bad the Patriots are right now. They had those two really fun weeks of football. 
where they won week one and then played very good against the Seattle Seahawks. Other than that, they have looked atrocious. They are a terrible team. I had them going nine and seven, and I feel that was a little generous. They are two and five right now. Two and five. The New England Patriots. For a lot of you listening to this show, and this is including myself, you do not know the New England Patriots as a bad franchise. Prior to Tom Brady coming, the Patriots were and always have been a laughing stock in the NFL. Minus the 1985 Super Bowl, they actually got schlacked by the Chicago Bears. Miracle somehow beat the Miami Dolphins in the AFC Championship game. Don't know how that happened with Tony Easton as their quarterback. The worst Super Bowl of all time, either the 85 Super Bowl or the 1994 Super Bowl or 95 Super Bowl, the Chargers and 49ers. It was 94 or 95, can't remember exactly. One of those two is the worst Super Bowl of all time, in Logan's humble opinion. Then my dad's obviously going to bring up the time the Bills got absolutely schlacked by the Dallas Cowboys on his birthday, but that's more of a personal story for him. And then obviously the Super Bowl between Drew Bledsoe and Brett Favre when Bledsoe was on the Patriots, the Packers-Patriots Super Bowl. Other than that, Patriots have sucked. Jim Plunkett left the Patriots for the Raiders, won two Super Bowls. People left the Patriots and became better. The Patriots might as well have only existed for the last 20 years because they were nothing in the 1900s, <laughs> the 20th century. They were absolutely nothing. They were nobodies. And now Brady's gone, and ironically, they suck. And the Buccaneers have helped Tom Brady. And this goes to show it wasn't all Tom Brady. It wasn't Tom Brady necessarily having a steep decline, which he did decline a little bit. But the fact that the Patriots have no wide receivers and don't like drafting high-level players, love trading back. They have no cap space anymore. They're talking about trading Stephon Gilmore, the best cornerback in the NFL. And Cam Newton stinks. He's done. Space like the Steve McNair thing in Baltimore, but at least the Ravens at that time had an elite defense. The Patriots' defense stinks. They lost so many people on that defensive side of the ball. Danny Shelton, I know it's a minor piece, but left. Jamie Collins, left. Kyle Van Noy, left. Among other pieces, left. Stephon Gilmore might be leaving at some point. I know the trade deadline's passed, but they stink. The wide receivers suck. It's sad when their best offensive player at this point in time is Damian Harris. That's not a great telling point for the New England Patriots. And Cam Newton's not accurate enough to work with these bad wide receivers. Tom Brady used, he got criticized for this quite a bit of being dunk, dink and dunk quarterback. But he worked with bad receivers. There was a time where his top two receivers were Kimbrell Tompkins and Aaron Dobson. You can tell me what teams those two are on now. Which, Unless I missed something, I don't think they're on a team anymore because they were bad. Brady's worked with terrible wide receivers. Cam has as well, but Cam has a lot more flaws in his passing game than Tom Brady. Cam has a stronger arm than Brady. That's apparent. Cam is more physical than Brady which has been the decline of Cam Newton because of how physical he is running the ball. He's a lot more athletic, which is not even close, being more athletic than Tom Brady. There's Tom Brady is the reason the system works. System quarterbacks is a stupid term. <laughs> I hate that term. And this is the prime exam exam example. This only works if you have that quarterback. 
Lamar Jackson's not a system quarterback. The Ravens didn't have this system in place until Lamar Jackson came into play. The Patriots could work with little talent because they had Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Now one of those pieces is gone. Ironically, one of them's doing very well. The other one is struggling. This is a Patriots team that went 11 and 5 last year if I'm not mistaken or 12 and 4, whatever. And the other people obviously say they're the beneficiaries of a terrible division, which is fair because the Bills, Jets, and Dolphins have been terrible pretty much my entire life apart from two years for the Jets and one year for the Dolphins. But other than that, the division sucked. And the Bills and the Dolphins look to be the two best teams in the division. The Dolphins are, are, are scared me because they're not there yet, but they have pieces in place that look like they are going to be something good. And I hate that. I hate the Miami Dolphins. One of my friends from William Penn, Jason, is from Miami. Big Dolphins fan. It doesn't do my heart good to see the Miami Dolphins doing good. Now, do I agree with them benching Ryan Fitzpatrick for Tua? I think Ryan Fitzpatrick was feels and probably should feel hard done by by the Dolphins benching him for Tua, but that's the nature of the beast. you got a young franchise quarterback who wants to see what you have, you play him. Giants did the same thing with Eli Manning benching Kurt Warner. Same exact scenario. Now, Tua did not play great against the Rams, but he didn't need to play great because the Dolphins' defense absolutely went off. In every offensive statistic, the Rams did better than the Dolphins, minus turnovers, because that's where the Dolphins killed them. Turnovers and the special teams. Rams had more yards. I believe they had more first downs. Jared Goff threw the ball 60 freaking times. Must have took a play. <laughs> that's what happens when you play from behind, though. You throw the ball 60 times and don't have a particularly great running game. But yeah, Tua is now the starter in Miami. We'll see how he does this week. I believe they're playing the Cardinals, which should be a an actually fun game. We talked about this on the Logan Blackman show last year, watching Cardinals play. They're not that far off, and they're showing that this year. And I am upset that I redid my record predictions at the beginning of the season because let's go. Let's actually go through. I'm going to get up real quick and then get my notebook to see what my original records are. Okay, so here we go. I got my notebook for this. Is this the original one? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait. Let's see if I can find... I put... Because I did two things. Is this the? Is this my new one? I don't remember what I did for my last <laughs> record prediction. I think this is, yeah, this was my one that I ended up, well, wait, now that I'm looking at it, I think I like the one that I did, is this, I don't know which one this is, there's a couple on here that I don't like, but what what, what did I say, I need to go find my, okay, I'm not going to do this now, if if I wanted to do this, sorry, I I'm, I'm hit my microphone. Let's make sure this is still recording because if it's not, that'd be very upset. You can see you can see on my little audio recorder thing where the microphone got dragged out by the laptop or by my uh, my notebook. But man, I need to I need to do more research and find my my because I think I don't know what my record predictions 
are now. I know what some of them are, but I don't know if this is the right one. It's actually not that far off from what I had original what I had on the Actually, you know what? I like my current ones better. In my head I was like, "Man, I actually like my There's some of them on there that I wish I fixed better, but you know what? That's the nature of getting predictions. You you get some right, you get some wrong. But let's do this real quick. About just under a half hour, about 25 minutes into today's show. Let's do some Friday fun day stuff today. Now this is this was spurred on. I wanted to do something different for Friday fun day. Last night I was making a tier list regarding NFL coaches and their the hot seat, I guess. A lot of people's favorite phrases in football, the the hot seat. But then I saw this, and this rallies riles some people up quite a bit quarterback tier list starting nfl quarterback tier list i've not done this since the season has started i did this preseason haven't done one since the season started so colin coward one of the most opinionated people in sports one of the smarter people in sports because he knows how to get clicks and what gets people upset all the time do i believe he believes what he says all the time no but he's smart. That's why he's one of the highest paid and one of the highest grossing, one of the highest listened to sports shows. Maybe worldwide, at least, well, obviously in the U.S., but maybe worldwide. He's massive. So he knows what to what to do to tick people off. And one group of fans are very sensitive, I guess, when it comes to their NFL starting quarterback, and I fall into that group as well. It's obviously about Josh Allen. It's very defensive group of people Bills fans are about their starting quarterback because of how much everybody hated him when they drafted him. And this is a situation of when you are wrong on something, when you realize, oh, wait, he's actually a good quarterback. Oh, wow, he's actually better than Sam Darnold. Then you start doubling down and get a little more defensive on why you made that pick and go like, oh, see, when he had a bad game, which... He hasn't had a bad game other than the Kansas City Chiefs game, but people want to look at, oh, he did throw a passing touchdown against the Jets or Patriots. He sucks now. When you make those predictions, and you're so hard set in your predictions, that's where you get caught in a little situation of being a little over-defensive on your original pick. So, in the case of Josh Allen, I had this discussion with Cole and when off-air when we were doing Cole and Company yesterday. You can listen to that every Weekday from 5 to 6 on 1650 The Fan or on the stream at 1650thefan.com. I'm on there Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. So you can listen to it on there if you feel like you should, which you should. It's a good show. But we were talking about like the people that hated Josh Allen. Once he has a below average game or an, even an average game, we're jumping on it and bam, he's bad. Let's lower him down. He didn't even play bad. The past two home games, because the Chiefs and the Patriots were terrible weather. And I go, oh, that's what they drafted him for. Spoiler alert, that's a little inside joke between Bills fans, because that was a very annoying draft, what do you want to call it? Analysis, I guess. Why you should go to Buffalo, because of the cold weather, the bad weather in Buffalo. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta make sure he stays bad. Because then you get a little louder and your predictions start looking more stupider, but you double down on them because you're like, man, my credibility's right. Now, if you're like Chris Broussard, 
then it doesn't really matter. Credibility never really mattered anyways. But you know what? Some people love themselves to, like, oh, I said this, I got to stick on it. But other people are like, okay, I was wrong. Some people are going more into the I was wrong thing. Because I think it's obvious at this point in time, he's a better quarterback than Sam Darnold. I think it's obvious, even more obvious, he's a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield. And we don't even need to talk about Josh Rosen at this point in time in Josh Rosen's career anyways. Lamar's even struggled this year with turnovers with the Baltimore Ravens. But Colin Coward released a list of QB tiers. Tier 1, Brady, Mahomes, Rodgers, Wilson. Kind of hard to argue with that this year. Tier 2 is where you get a little more interesting here. Joe Burrow, Derek Carr, Jared Goff, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Ben Roethlisberger, Ryan Tannehill, Deshaun Watson, and Carson Wentz. This is based off this year. What have you watched in Carson Wentz this year that makes you still go, oh yeah, for this season he's tier two. Other than him trying to play with hero ball, I love Carson Wentz. I've always said he's a top five quarterback in the NFL. Not this year. This year he's been very bad. And with him trying to play hero ball has made the Eagles do and look even worse than what they have, what they probably should be. And looking at Ben Roethlisberger as well, it's more of a name. He's not played very good this year. He hasn't. The Steelers' defense, there's been times the Steelers' offense has just completely shut down at random points throughout games. And teams are allowed to come back. The Titans did that. Then you got the game against the Ravens, where they, which was a very tough game for them, but the Titans came back against them. They've looked suspect at times throughout the season, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Everybody knows their defense elite, probably the best defense in the NFL. But I don't know how you could rank those guys up there based off of this year. This year, I'm fine with the likes of Burrow and Herbert up there because this year, they look to be very, very, very good quarterbacks. Looks like the franchise guys for the Chargers and the Bengals. Now, Tier 2 or Tier 3, you put Josh, Breeze, Bridgewater, Kirk Cousins, Jimmy, Cam, Dak, Matt, and uh, Matt Ryan and Matthew Stafford. Okay, we lowered Josh because he didn't throw a touchdown back-to-back weeks and played bad against the Patriots and the New York Jets. Need we remind you that he still has yet to turn it over in the in, in the red zone and leads the NFL in fourth-quarter comebacks, or in his top three in fourth-quarter comebacks. Now, you could use that on two ways. and go like, well, they're down because he's not playing very good, so he has to use fourth-quarter comebacks. That's a no. No. Still hasn't turned the ball over in the red zone. He's fifth in the NFL in passing yards. 16 touchdowns, five interceptions this season. 67% completion percentage, which, because of how inaccurate it is that he is, that should be a great statistic for Josh Allen this year. But no, he played average. God forbid a quarterback doesn't play great every single week, and Josh Allen is in one of those situations where he has to play great every single week. Otherwise, people will jump back on him and go, wow, this dude sucks dick in the NFL. You look at the Patriots game, 151 yard, 154 yards, scored a rushing touchdown, threw an interception. Not a great week for Josh. Not a great interception that he threw, but not a great, not terrible. Completed almost 70% of his pass against the Jets, had another 300-yard game against the Jets, 61 yards rushing as well. Against the Chiefs, that was his worst game of the year. Played bad against the Titans as well, and they lost. Look at the teams they played, like the Raiders, the Rams, the Dolphins, who have actually proven to be good teams or decent teams this season. Had his best games. Threw four touchdowns against the Dolphins. Threw four touchdowns against the Rams. Two against the Raiders. 
400-yard game against the Dolphins. Let's not forget that. A 300-yard game, another 300-yard game against the Rams. Two touchdowns, 300 yards against the Jets. But he's bad now. He's bad. He's in a. He's playing average. Oh, God forbid he plays average. God forbid. But we're so reactionary as fans and as people. We got, what have you done for me lately type attitude. You see that a lot in every sport. I've talked about Real Madrid fans are that way. You look at how they've treated Gareth Bale over the years. Gareth Bale's should be hallowed as one of their greatest players of the 21st century, yet because he didn't play great lately or didn't even get played lately, we got to get him out the door as soon as possible. What have you done for me lately? Josh has not played that great lately, so now we're going, let's lower him down a tier and put Carson Wentz, who hasn't played great all year, and because cause logic. I think Carson Wentz is a more talented quarterback than Josh Allen, but you can't look at it this year alone and go, wow, Carson Wentz is a tier above Josh Allen from a quarterback standpoint. I think Carson Wentz is a great quarterback. I think he's a very, very good quarterback. But I would not, if am I'm looking at this list based off of this season, I don't know how you're ranking... Carson above Josh. Now, Ben, 7-0, hard to argue with it. He hasn't played bad, but he's played suspect at times. 15 touchdowns, 4 interceptions, 67% completion percentage. Good stuff, good stuff, good stuff for Ben. But, I don't know, the 7-0 record is kind of hard to argue with, isn't it? It's kind of, it's kind of that's the part that's kind of makes it more difficult to argue with. But I'm going to do... A tier list. Okay, so where do we want to start? Let's go with the A's, North, South, East, West. We'll go with the Baltimore Ravens first. Lamar Jackson, franchise guy. I think we all know that. Now we go to the Bengals. Joe Burrow, he's a franchise guy as well. He's a rookie. Hasn't played a ton of football yet, but based off what we've seen, Joe Burrow is a franchise guy. Baker Mayfield is average. He's just average. He's an average quarterback. So they'll probably be looking for a draft. Okay, let's do let's needs to be benched below average. That I feel like that's a better tier than needs to be benched. So franchise good, average, below average, draft a new QB. Baker's just an average quarterback. Needs a good running game and piece around him. And then he'll be good. But I don't he's not the franchise savior in Cleveland. And we said this when we were doing our tier list a few Fridays ago on where these quarterbacks were based off their draft stock. What what would their draft stock look like? Baker was above average. You don't draft above average people at number one overall. It's not what you do. You draft the elite prospect, the people that are considered elite or borderline elite. You don't draft average to above average quarterbacks at number one overall. That's not that's not how this game works. That's that's not great. That's not great. Um Okay, now we're buffering. This website always makes it. It always buffers quite a bit. So how are you guys doing today? Okay, there we go. We're back. Now we are moving on to the last quarterback in the AFC North. Big Ben. It's buffering again. This is awesome. Why is it doing this? This is ruining the segment. The work. But Big Ben, uh, good. He's a good quarterback. 
I, he's not the future guy. Obviously, they're going to trade for a guy like Sam Darnold or Josh Rosen. You would expect this offseason because Josh Dobbs isn't the answer. Mace Rudolph sure as hell is not the answer in Pittsburgh. And Duck Hodges got released earlier this year, even though he's a better quarterback than Josh Allen, according to a lot of people out there, surprisingly. No, most notably, a pro football focus. Yeah, pro football focus is a very interesting, interesting place where... It does a lot of really cool, in-depth things. It's like, oh man, who has the best catch radius when the catch percentage is at below 1%? And then you got lists of when they actually do analysis of players. It's like, wow, you guys are really stupid, aren't you? You actually, Someone actually got paid to say Duck Hodges is a better quarterback than Josh. Okay, I mean, fair. It's a fair assessment. I would say that is spot on. Pro football focus. You guys, you guys are the best. You guys are the best for a reason. But Big Ben, for this stage of his career, is a good quarterback. He's he's not a franchise guy. He's gonna they're gonna not I mean, obviously he has been. He's gonna be a Hall of Famer, but this tier list is gonna be impossible to rank. I don't know how I want to do this tier list anymore. Uh let's go to the bad quarterbacks. Draft a new QB, the Bears, obviously. They got Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky on there. They're gonna need to draft a quarterback eventually uh cam newton they're gonna need to draft a new qb eventually because cam newton is not the answer in new england obviously now they signed him on a one-year deal league minimum so it was a very low risk move for the new england patriots dwayne haskins draft a new qb who else do we got on here do we put gardner Minshew in here he's just i uh, will put draft new qb for him, Teddy Bridgewater is an average quarterback. He's played pretty decent this year, but he's just an average quarterback. Russell Wilson, franchise guy, not enough to talk about there. Daniel Jones, uh, yeah, draft a new QB. He stinks. Uh, Daniel Jones is bad. This is, again, this goes in the same situation as Baker Mayfield. Don't draft average. This is a different situation because actually Baker Mayfield was considered to be a top quarterback in the 2018 draft. Daniel Jones was not in the 2019 draft. He was considered a below average to at best average prospect in the draft. Same thing could be said about Mitchell Trubisky. You don't draft those guys at six overall. With how many players and how many needs the Giants needed in that spot, you don't go with Daniel Jones, who nobody was going to take in the first round. And Dwayne Haskins, now they've got a lot of hate for taking Dwayne Haskins, not taking Dwayne Haskins. We've said this before. Even on the Logan Blackman show when we did those mock drafts, didn't think Dwayne Haskins would go to the Giants. After like mock draft one or two, we kind of stopped going with the Dwayne Haskins, the Giants thing because of the connections that Daniel Jones had with Eli Manning, Cutcliffe, and Manning, the Mannings in general. But you don't draft average to below average guys at sixth overall. You don't do that, especially when Josh Allen's available, the linebacker Josh Allen, where you needed edge rushing help. That's what you take there. You take Daniel Jones with the 17th pick, or like you did when you drafted the genius of DeAndre Baker, you trade back into the first round and take Daniel Jones. Now, I'm all for the thing of if you see a guy you like, don't let anybody take him. But this is a situation where no one else was going to take him. This is a, where, a situation where y'all got played. This is a situation that the 49ers did the Chicago Bears to get them to trade up one spot. Y'all got played, Bears, and you traded up to number two to draft Trubisky. One spot. Now, I know the Cleveland Browns were thinking about drafting Trubisky at number one between him and Miles Garrett, which they obviously didn't. 
Trubisky, I forgot about this. I saw this yesterday. Trubisky had 13 starts in college. I knew he only played one season, but that was the lowest number of starts for a starting quarterback that was going to a draft since 2002. 13 starts in college. And it hasn't panned out for him because the Bears didn't properly get him a quarterback that could teach him the ropes because he shouldn't have played his rookie year. But the fact that they had Mike Glennon, who is the third string in Jacksonville, that doesn't help Trubisky's development. You should have gotten a guy like a Nick Foles, like an Alex Smith. Now, I'm not saying those types of those players exactly because maybe they weren't available, but those types of players to help that has been around the way in the NFL and hasn't been a career backup. Or Ryan Fitzpatrick would have been perfect as well. The Bills did the same thing when they almost screwed Josh Allen by giving him Nathan Peterman and A.J. McCarron. Then they eventually got Derek Anderson in there who helped Josh. They got Mac Barkley in there. So you you sort things out like that. And talent will obviously go through whether the situation's bad or not. That's the situation in Josh's case. Trubisky's just not that talented. At least at this point, maybe he can turn it around in another situation. But Nat Nagy doesn't like him. You can see as that's clear as day. They're not gonna. They sh- probably won't go back to him because you benched him. There's really no point at going back to Trubisky now, even though Nick Foles is so one-dimensional it hurts, and Matt Nagy can't call plays to save his life. But you know what? That's the Bears for you. They're five and three, soon to be five and four, and they'll miss the playoffs because that's just. What will happen? The last time they started five and one, they missed the playoffs. So, but they were actually they had a decent record that year. There, I don't think they'll be five hundred this year. They were above. I think they were ten and six and missed the playoffs. They ain't doing that this year. They're the the worst team to watch in the NFL. And yes, I'm including the New York Jets in that. And then you have Javon 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 Wims punching Charney Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Man, the way Gardner Johnson reacted, you could just tell, dude, does not <laughs> cannot punch. The way he reacted was like, what? What did you just do? They took a second to thought. When you get hit in the head, even with the helmet on, your head rings a little bit. Usually stumble back, but the way he didn't even move, his base didn't even move, his head twisted. But that was about it. And then he gets ejected because he pulled his mouth guard out and spit on him. Well, okay, I saw the mouth guard clip. He didn't spit because there's something interesting about that. Uh, he had a face mask on during the game. so the And he didn't pull it down on the supposed part where he spit. So I, I think that's a lot of BS if you ask me. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson lives rent-free in a lot of people's head. He lives rent-free in his teammates' head. He's the guy that got punched in the face by Michael Thomas. Man. Bears stink. Bears are awful. I'm not going to post this <laughs> this tier list anywhere because this is already... I, I wanted to do it differently than what normally tier lists are. I wanted to do this on who, what they should do. Whatever, 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 whatever. Tom Brady... Oh, God, it's going to buffer again, isn't it? I hate this website. Okay, we're just going to go in order <laughs> and just hope that this website just keeps me up for a little while longer. This is going terribly right now this is about going as well as me trying to fix my phone this is going awful so just to recap of what we got right now i have lamar burrow and russ in the franchise big ben and good baker and teddy and average and the bears qbs and drafting new qb cam dwayne haskins Gardner Minshew, and you could put it below average for gardner or even average and daniel jones and draft new qb daniel jones is just he just stinks doesn't he 
He had that one good game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, his first game. And then, yeah, he loves throwing interceptions. He loves turning the ball over, fumbles, interceptions, you name it. Daniel Jones loves himself some turnovers. Now let's just go on throughout the list. Josh, uh, would I throw him in franchise guy? I think the Bills view him as a franchise guy. The Bill, There's never been any speculation in Buffalo that says they do not have full 100% faith in Josh Allen. I've never heard anything of the sorts like that. But you heard, I listened to Colin yesterday, Colin Coward, when he's doing his tier list thing, talking about how he wouldn't be surprised if Buffalo eventually moved on from him. There's been no even evidence or even stuff that Bills have put out there. That says we are thinking about moving away from this guy. They didn't bring in Andy Dalton, which would have been the logical point for bringing a guy in. If they had a quarterback like Andy Dalton, now it's obviously not worked for him in Dallas. But if they had a guy like that and they would put him in because Andy Dalton's a better quarterback than Matt Barkley, I don't think a lot of people really have a different viewpoint on that. I think most people generally know Matt Barkley is a worse quarterback than Andy Dalton. But Bills don't have a guy to replace Josh, even if they didn't like him, you would expect them to go out and get a guy like Nick Foles this offseason or Cam Newton, who has the links with the Panthers. And the Bills obviously have a lot of links with the Panthers, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott, both coming from Carolina to Buffalo. There's been a lot of traffic between those two teams in regards to player transactions and stuff like that. So that was an obvious pick as well. You would have kept Tyrod Taylor. Wouldn't have traded him away. Like, there's so many people the Bills would have gotten if they really didn't have faith in Josh Allen. They would have gotten a quarterback that would be better pushing him. Josh Allen is the Bills franchise quarterback. Whether you like to admit that or not, he is, at this point in time, the Bills franchise quarterback. Tom Brady, he's been really good this year. He's been he's been a very good quarterback this year for the, New England, or for the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But he's not the future of the Bucs. I think even Tom Brady, the Bruce Arians obviously knows that. He probably got, what, two years? And then they start looking for new guys. Maybe Josh Rosen stays there long enough to become the future there in Tampa Bay. But he ain't going to be the franchise guy. Obviously, Drew Brees, we just have to put him in draft a new QB because this is his last season in the NFL. Jameis is not going to be the answer. Taysom Hill is not a quarterback. So, yeah, uh, I would look at a new QB this offseason because the two people in-house, unless you truly believe – Taysom Hill is a franchise quarterback at the age of 30 with less passing yards than LaDainian Tomlinson, then go ahead, do that. Because he ain't Lamar Jackson, for those of those people who like to say they view him as Lamar. He is not anywhere near. Lamar is clear of Taysom Hill. <laughs> Derek Carr, I have no issues with Derek Carr. I don't know why the national media always like to put out there that the Raiders are looking to move on from Derek Carr. Derek Carr's a good quarterback. Now, he hasn't been the same quarterback since he broke his leg or did something along that, and the Raiders got shafted out of the playoffs because Matt McGloin and then Connor Cook were in at quarterback, which if you ever have Connor Cook as your starting quarterback, things are... It's a bad sign. Let's just put it that way. It's a bad sign. But Derek Carr is a good NFL quarterback. I think he probably shouldn't... He shouldn't get as much hate as he does, and he's... Proven a lot of people wrong. This thing sucks. It's buffering again. Whatever. Uh, we're not even trying anymore, and it's still buffering. But, yeah, Derek Carr, He, I think he should be the – I think he is the franchise quarterback for the Raiders. He's been there for – crap, how long has Derek Carr been there? Like six years? Six years is the, fran- the starting quarterback for the Raiders. Got a big contract extension and then has been kind of average at times. But I'd probably put him in the good because he, he was average up until – 
this year, and then he started elevating his play. So I'd put him in the good category. Chargers, Herbert, Tyrod. Uh, I feel bad for Tyrod. He'll never start for the Chargers again. And it's not even his fault. He didn't even lose the job. He just got screwed, basically. But what's Tyrod's loss to the Chargers gaining? So they figured out that we got ourselves a damn good quarterback at Justin Herbert. So let's go with him. Go with the hot hand. It's going to be a really close race between him and Joe Burrow for rookie of the year. Now, the Chargers are um, they're an interesting bunch this year. Very, 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 very interesting bunch this year. I thought I had the screenshot of the, the – okay, yeah, here it is. This is from Sunday. The Chargers are the first team in NFL history to lose three straight games in which they have led by 17 points. The 2020 Chargers are also joined the 03 Falcons as the only teams in NFL history to lose three games after holding 17-point leads in NFL history. Yeah, that's not great. For those of you who are unaware or don't really follow football, that's not great. That's not um, that's not great. But they got a quarterback. They got talent on offense. Anthony Lynn, this is why I would rather have done the hot seat thing, but the for some this website, this is a website I'm using now, wouldn't work for me yesterday. When I tried to submit it and create the tier list, it didn't work. But Anthony Lynn needs to get replaced as the coach of the LA Chargers. It seems like he doesn't know how to handle all the talent that they have on this team because this team should not be as bad as they are. This team is so talented. And there's a difference between, I've said this before, there's a difference between being talented and good. Like you could say, oh, this person's more talented, but this person's a better quarterback. Like if the, What's a prime example for this? Um, Let's look around here. Josh Allen is one of the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL, but Tom Brady's a better quarterback. Tom Brady's not more talented than Josh Allen, but Brady is the better quarterback. There, are Those two things, sayings, can't exist in the same frame and same mindset, and they always will. Josh Allen can do things that Tom Brady only wishes he could do. You could probably, no, let's do Cam Newton, because he's the guy who replaced Tom Brady. Cam Newton's talent more talented than Tom Brady, but Brady's clear as the best quarterback. See, the Chargers have one of the most talented teams in the NFL. The Chargers are a more talented team than the Chicago Bears, especially on the offensive side. They're clear of the Bears on offense. But the Bears are the better team, I guess. <laughs> this year, the Bears at least have some talent on the defense, at least form of talent on the defense. But, yeah, man. Chargers got themselves a quarterback, though. Didn't think it'd be this fast that they replaced Phillip Rivers, but Justin Herbert looks to be different than those quarterback, quarterback, Oregon quarterbacks that have come before him in Mariota, Joey Harrington, Akili Smith, Kellen Clemens, and so on and so forth. Dennis Dixon, if you want to go there, because he, he didn't really play in the NFL, but he was on the NFL roster for a little bit. Dude's good. Justin Herbert's very, very good. Kirk Cousins, uh, average. Which is the thing, this is the problem. They shafted themselves because at the time, Kirk Cousins was a free agent when he was leaving Washington and went to Minnesota. The market said Kirk Cousins is worth this. But the actual play that you've watched in Washington says he's not worth this. But the market says he is. So you got to pay big. Vikings had a quarterback conundrum that offseason. They had three quarterbacks, which the old adage goes, if you have three quarterbacks, you have none. Or even if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. You have to have one. You have to have one starting quarterback. You can't have two. You can't have three. You can't have four either. Even five or six. The numbers go on and so forth. But he's just an average quarterback. 
And I've heard links with the Washington football team trading Dwayne Haskins to the, the Minnesota Vikings, which would be another move from Washington to Minnesota. And the first one has been all right at times. Other times have been painfully bad. But I think Kirk Cousins follows the same thing as Derek Carr. Gets a little more hate than what he probably deserves. But this year, he has not been great. He's just an average quarterback. And it sucks because they just gave him an extension as well. Dak Prescott, franchise guy. He should get paid as a franchise guy. He's not a good quarterback. He's a franchise quarterback somewhere. Maybe it's not in Dallas. Maybe the Saints go out and get him. He's from New Orleans or from Louisiana. Maybe he goes back home to the Saints. I can see that. I called that. Uh, last year, I think, because the Cowboys, or earlier this year, I guess, because I, I don't think Taysom Hill's a franchise quarterback. I think we've seen what Jameis Winston's done in the NFL to know that he's not a franchise quarterback either. So, yeah, we're kind of stuck in this pickle here with that. But Dak's a franchise guy. Sam Darnold, at this point in time, he's just below average to average. I think he's got talent, but he hasn't done anything with it. I hope for his sake he goes to the Colts, because I think he'd work really well in there. Or go to Pittsburgh because he's very similar style quarterback to Big Ben, but not as strong as arm, but similar style, a little bigger guys like to move, at least early Big Ben. But Sam needs to move. Yeah. Uh, Tua, I mean, right now we don't really know anything about Tua, so we'll just put him in the average. We played one game, didn't play great, but the Dolphins got the win, which is all that matters. Jimmy G, he's average. Just an average quarterback that got paid a lot of money because he had a really good stretch of games. He's, he's just average. He's not the franchise guy in San Fran. He's just an average situational quarterback, which has worked well for certain quarterbacks in the past. A lot of quarterbacks have won Super Bowls getting carried by their teams. Trent Dilfer, one of them. Jeff Hostetler, another one. But there's a lot of quarterbacks that got carried by their teams. Joe Flacco, you could even put up there. I think Jimmy G falls in that same category. I think he's a better quarterback. I think he's up there with like the Joe Flacco's of the world. At least early in his career, Joe Flacco, not necessarily now. He's just average. Jared Goff, he's good to franchise guy. Or maybe some people would argue average. He's a very big stat patter. Throw a lot of time. The Rams throw a, a lot. <laughs> they throw a lot. Which... Numbers-wise, looks great for Jared Goff, but the team's not winning. If you looked at last year, I think the top, the top five quarterbacks in passing yards didn't make the playoffs, if I remember correctly. It was like Dak, Goff, Rivers, Matt Ryan, and Jameis, I think. All of them missed the playoffs. So you see, that's that's where Mel Kuyper, one of the things Mel Kuyper's got right, stats are for losers at times because they don't necessarily tell the whole story. Yeah, their numbers are great, but they're not leading their teams to wins. Jared Goff, to me, can do a lot of things throwing the football that a lot of quarterbacks wish they could do. He's a very he's a good quarterback. Jared Goff's a very good quarterback. Would I consider him franchise? Would I build my house on him? I don't know. He got a big contract. He's a good quarterback. I'd I'd probably throw him a good. Drew Locke, uh, jeez. It's hard to tell right now. Before the season, stock was extremely high on Drew Locke. Now it's very down. Very down. Now they beat the Chargers. This past week, Chargers choked it away. Drew Locke is average at this point in time. He's right in the middle of the road. Don't know what he knows if he's good or bad. So we're just going to throw him an average. Next two, we're going to just talk a lot about Mahomes, Kyler Murray, franchise guys. Not going to talk about them. Phillip Rivers, he's average. Right now, he's average to below average. He's not playing necessarily great, but he's he's actually actually he's actually played decently 
for the Colts. He's done very, if you look at his stat lines, the most Philip Rivers stat lines of all time. But the Col- he's he's done after this year. Rodgers franchise don't need to talk about him. Matt Ryan, he's been a franchise guy. It's not his fault the Falcons suck, but he's going to get the brunt force of it because he's a starting quarterback. Same thing with Matthew Stafford. But I think a lot of people sympathize with Matt Stafford rather than Matt Ryan for whatever reason. But Matt, those two should be considered franchise quarterbacks. Those two are franchise quarterbacks. Ryan Tannehill, he's had two good years. He's in the people are throwing him in the MVP conversation, but I'd throw at least throw him in good. I don't know if I'd really I would build my franchise around Ryan Tannehill, but you know what? He's done good in his time in Tennessee. So you got to talk about him in those types of franchise and good categories. Deshaun franchise Carson Wentz necessarily this year. This year he's just been average to below average for this season. I like Carson Wentz a lot, but this season I'm not. There is not a lot that I've seen that would make me go, yes, this is awesome this year. He's played very. He's played bad at times. He's played a lot of hero ball, which is not not great. He's not taking what the defense has given him, which is not ideal, not ideal whatsoever. So before we end today's show, because we kind of that kind of went a lot longer than what I was originally anticipating. Now we're about an hour into the show already, so. We're just going to go over some scores this week, talk about the NFL. Packers beat the Niners this week, 34-17. to Not surprising there. Niners were without everybody. Trent Williams was out. Jimmy G was out. George Kill was out. Ayuk was out. Debo Samuel was out. Everybody was out on offense. So I'm not surprised that the Packers absolutely obliterated them. Sunday, Seahawks-Bills should be a fun game. Seattle's minus three. Yeah, I'd probably take the Seahawks to win this game. I had the Seahawks win into my prediction. So far, my Bills predictions have been spot on. The two games they've lost, I had them losing. So I've, I can sleep well at night. I think they'll lose this game. This was a game my dad and I were going to go to this year because we go to one Bills game a year in Buffalo, one away. This was one we were targeting to go to. Then we got Chargers-Raiders. The line is even. I would fully expect the Chargers to win. The Raiders will probably win, but I think the Chargers I think the Chargers should win this one. I, I'm feeling confident in the Chargers this week. I don't know why, but I'm feeling confident in the Chargers this week. Broncos-Falcons. I'm going to go with the Falcons winning this one. They're minus four. Let's go with the Falcons winning this game. Titans-Bears, Titans should win that game. Colts-Ravens, Ravens should win that game. Panthers-Chiefs, Chiefs should win that game. Lions-Vikings, the Vikings should honestly win this game and not have a lot of issues with it. They're 0-3 at home, but I think they should win. Giants-Washington football team. Something tells me the Giants are going to win, but... I wouldn't bet any money on that. <laughs> Texans, Jags, Texans should win. Steelers, Cowboys, I'm not even going to mention that one. Dolphins, Cardinals, Cardinals should win, but that should be a very close and fun game. Saints, Bucks, that'll be a weird game. Both teams don't really look as good as their records say. 6-2 and two for the Bucks, 5-2 and two for the Saints. Neither of them have looked amazing at times. They both looked suspect at times. Close games against the Bears. Bucks almost lost to the Giants last week, so... And then they blow out the Packers. So you know what? Yeah, I don't know what to make of that game. But this should be fun. And then Monday Night Football, Jets, Patriots, Pat should win. If they lose to the Jets, good Lord. And then we'll talk about some college football. I wanted to talk a little bit more about college football than I did today. But I've run out of time. Tonight, we have games Miami at NC State. Miami should win. Boise State is hosting BYU. Hank Bachmeyer, starting quarterback for Boise State. No one knows what's going on with him, really. So he's looked like he's eventually lost his starting job, got hurt quite a bit last year, kept his job going into this season, and then was out with no reason last week. 
and it looks like he might have lost his job. Zach Wilson for BYU, one of the people talked about in the Heisman race. This is his first real test of the season. BYU's played a bunch of nobodies throughout the season. Their one game against the top 25 team earlier this year was against Army, and that got canceled. This is their first top 25 game. And if they have a good game this week, Boise State, number one pass defense in the country. Now they've played only two games, but number one pass defense in the country. Michigan at Indiana should be a very fun game. Indiana 2-0. Michigan wanted one. Lost to Michigan State last week. Michigan is the favorite. SMU Temple. USC Arizona State. That will be a very fun game. Keaton Slovis versus Jaden Daniels. Very fun game. Two very fun quarterbacks to watch. I will be watching that game on Saturday. That's an 11, though. West Virginia at Texas is on at 11. Liberty, 25th ranked versus Virginia Tech. Tech, being the unranked team, is a 16-point favorite in this game, and they should, I don't know if it'll be by 16, but they should definitely win that game. Unless I'm just completely not even noticing Liberty. I'm sorry. UMass versus Marshall. Marshall's a 44 and a half point favorite. Good Lord. Marshall should win. I don't know by 44 and a half. Georgia, Florida will be fun. Houston, Cincy. Cincy should win. They look really good against Memphis last week. We have the worst defense in college football though. Oklahoma versus Kansas should be terrible. Oklahoma State versus K-State should be very fun. Oklahoma State's defense has looked really good at times throughout the season. Uh, probably should have beaten Texas, but shot themselves in the foot too many times. a versus South Carolina will be on this weekend. Baylor at Iowa State. Clemson, Notre Dame. Rutgers, Ohio State. Stanford, Oregon. South Alabama, Coastal Carolina are your top 25 games. And then we'll talk about Iowa. They look bad. They look very bad. The... Obviously, Iowa fans, being an Iowa fan my entire life, I've known a lot of Iowa fans my entire life as well. Been to a lot of Iowa games as well. Never been a season ticket holder, but try to go to at least one or two games every single year with my dad. Iowa fans, favorite player is the backup quarterback. Always has been, always will be. I remember going to my first Iowa game, Drew Tate was getting booed. Everybody want Jake Christensen in. Jake Christensen comes in, everybody wants Ricky Stanzi. Stanzi comes in, everybody wants James Vandenberg. Vandenberg comes in, everybody wants whoever the backup is because no one knew who it was. Rudock comes in, Bethard is the guy everybody wants. Bethard was the only guy, really, that had never received any criticism as the time as the Iowa starting quarterback. No one what he said, we want Nate Stanley to come in. Nobody. Nobody's ever really said that, at least in my knowledge. Very loved quarterback C.J. Bethard is for Iowa. Nate Stanley was Petrus. Now Petrus has not played good. The offense sucks. Brian Ferentz can't call plays to save his life. You have a, one of the most talented groups of skill positions Iowa's ever had, let alone in my lifetime. Look at Tyler Goodson, Makai Sargent, San Laporte at tight end, Brandon Smith, Amir Smith-Marset, Tyrone Tracy, Nico Regani. Like the, the weapons are insane for Petrus not to be captain checkdown. That's all he is at this point in time. Brian Ferentz can't call plays and Petra's confidence is shot because all he does is overthrow everybody by 15 yards. Might have the strongest arm in the country. Shows it off every single time he throws the ball. Has no touch on his ball. Uh, his feet, every time he drops back, are pitter-pattering back and forth, which is not great. He shouldn't be doing that. when you're. He's very uncomfortable. He sprints out of the pocket. when He has ample of time to throw the football inside the pocket. R- breaks contain numerous times. And I, did I mention he checks down all the freaking time? And Iowa is forcing each running back to go in like, oh, this is Makai Sargent's drive. This is Tyler Goodson's drive. No. Who has the hot hand you go with? Buffalo, the Buffalo Bulls, the MAC team, in their first game against Northern Illinois. 
Buffalo has 2,000-yard rushers on their team. Jarrett Patterson ran for 100 yards on that game. The other guy barely saw the field. Why? Because Jarrett Patterson had the hot hand. When you got, when a running back has a hot hand, you can't just go, well, it's this guy's drive now. You have to sit out for an ample period of time. Because there's times that in the game was like, we're playing only Makai Sargent in the second half, or we're only playing Tyler Goodson in the first half. No. Brian Ferentz cannot coach himself out of a paper bag. He can't call offensive plays to save his freaking life, which is annoying. When you have a quarterback who broke all Jared Goff's high school records, you don't expect him to be as, I know it's only been two games, but as bad as he's been playing this year. He has not looked good at all. There's nothing redeeming about what I've watched, and it's this is the first time I've been like, wow, this is actually horrific to watch for quarterback standpoint. Against Northwestern, second to last drive of the game. Broken Tain, unsurprisingly. Brandon Smith, I think it was Brandon Smith, wide open, 25 yards between him and the next defender. What does Petrus do? Checks it down. His confidence is shot. He's nervous. He's thinking way too much, which is not something you could do as a quarterback. But the thing is, all of these things can't be corrected. Brian Ferentz needs to stop calling offensive plays. That should be priority number one. And Petrus just needs to get some confidence back. Stop checking it down so much. He threw to Sam Laporta like a thousand times in the game against Northwestern, only hit him half the, like six times. Every throw across the middle, he leads them too far, or it's over, or it's high, or he floats a pass. I want Petrus to be the guy. And the thing is, with Iowa football, another thing about Iowa football that's been consistent with people not really liking the starting quarterbacks, whoever it is. Peters will never get benched unless he is Jake Christensen bad. That is the thing that will happen. The only quarterback that Kirk Ferentz has ever openly benched is Jake Christensen. Even when Rudock was struggling, they rotated Bethard. They didn't go, okay, it's Bethard's job until after the bowl game because Bethard was better than Jake Rudock. But that season, and even the season prior, Jake Rudock never really had competition from what it on the outside anyways. Christensen's the only guy that's been benched during the season. Jake Rudolph got benched in the bowl game. That's different. That Jake Christensen got benched after I believe the Pittsburgh game for Stanzi. When the Sean Green year, which every Hawkeye fan should know what I'm talking about. Unless Petrus plays that bad, he will not get benched. Deuce Hogan's gonna get talked about because he's got everybody hyped up because of how he did recruiting this summer. Alex Padilla is the backup. Alex Padilla is this version, this year's version of Tyler Wiegers, of Peyton Mansell, the guy that's the backup, but everybody knows the guy who's the third string is going to be the starter. Alex Padilla, though he's the backup now, will probably never start a game at the University of Iowa, which is sad because he's the backup quarterback. That's just what Iowa does. Just what they've always done. If you look at the back, if they have a big-name recruit behind them, even with Stan- Stanley was third-string behind Uyghurs and Bethard. Petrus was third-string behind Mansell and Stanley. Now, it's Deuce Hogan, third-string behind Padilla and Petrus. Deuce Hogan will be the starting quarterback at Iowa, not Alex Padilla. And I feel bad for him, but that's just the nature of the beast. It's the nature of playing at Iowa football. They're super predictable. I- Kirk Ferentz has been the head coach for 22 years. I will not say a bad word about Kirk Ferentz. Other than Brian, I I will say everything negative about Brian Ferentz and Gary Barta. I will not touch Kirk Ferentz. Sorry. I can't. 
But Brian Ferentz, he could get fired tomorrow. I went bad an eye. And I am thanking the Lord, at least, at least right now, as what it looks like, there is zero chance that he gets the Iowa job when Kirk Ferentz retires or leaves or whatever. There has to be 0% chance that he gets that job. Has to be. He's a not a good coach. On and off the field. Not good. The person they should be targeting is Chris Kleiman from Kansas State. Waterloo native, went to North Coast State, has done good things for Kansas State. Now, to get him to Iowa, they'd have to make him the most expensive coach in Iowa football history on his initial contract. But he's the guy you got to go for if you're the University of Iowa when Kirk eventually does leave. He's on year 22. He's not going to live, he's not going to stay there forever. So you got to find a succession plan. And at least from right now, please, it cannot be Brian Ferentz. I hope Spencer Petrus writes the ship. And it's hard. The part that makes it hard to keep the faith in Spencer Petrus is the fact that. It's not against Ohio State and Wisconsin that he struggled with against. It's Purdue and Northwestern. I know Northwestern's improved from last season, but Purdue was without their head coach, their best offensive weapon in Rondell Moore, and a very suspect defense. Northwestern had Peyton Ramsey, a transfer from Indiana, but they sucked last year. They brought back a lot of people. They sucked last year. They were awful. It's not like they played the top dogs of the Big Ten. No, they played the two bottom feeders from last year and lost in ugly fashion. The two touchdowns Iowa scored against Northwestern were when Northwestern turned the ball over in Iowa territory. That is the problem here. Or in their own territory. When Northwestern turned over their own territory. They fumbled the punt, and they fumbled again. Peters started the game 8 for 9. Why? Because they were working from short field. When you have weapons like Tyler Goodson and Makai Sargent, you don't throw the ball 50 times. You weren't down that much throughout the game. You had a freaking 17-point lead. Run the freaking ball. See your quarterback is struggling with confidence and run the freaking ball with the two stud running backs that you have. And stop doing the stupid, okay, it's his drive now. Go off who has the hot hand. This is stupid play call. The first play of the game, they threw the ball to Amir Smith-Marset because he had zero catches against North, against Purdue. He needs to get more involved. The running backs need to get more involved. Brian Ferris needs to stop play calling. He needs to not be the offensive coordinator because he is bad. And Petrus, I, he has played terrible these first two weeks. There's not been very many redeeming qualities about watching him play so far this season. But everything that I've talked about and criticized Petrus about is all correctable. Will he correct it? I don't know. Is his confidence completely shot? Again, I don't know. Could be, but I don't know. I want him to work out. And the only thing that a lot of Iowa fans are holding on to is the fact that he broke the the number one overall, former number one overall picks records in high school. So everybody's holding on hope because of that, which is a fair thing to hold on for. And it doesn't help that the last scholarship that they were offered between Petrus and Zach Wilson, the quarterback at BYU. That makes it a little hard watching Zach Wilson be in talks for Heisman while Petrus has sucked against Northwestern and Purdue. He only won the player of the game against Purdue because Tyler Goodson fumbled, and there was just a lot of stupid plays, and it was his first start. He didn't play good. He played bad against Purdue. Floated every single ball, every single time. Northwestern, he played a lot worse. 
but that can also go down to play calling as well. He's this team has an identity crisis, which is not great. You're 0 2. You're playing Michigan State, who's coming off a very emotional win against Michigan. You are favored, but am I confident? Not in the slightest. Not in the freaking slightest. Am I confident in this game? So I hope for Peter's sake, he figures it out. And I hope for the rest of the team's sake, Brian Ferentz eventually stops calling plays. But I don't know who's going to call plays, but it just can't be Brian Ferentz. I hope and pray that it does not stay. It's one of those situations at Iowa because Iowa has a history of staying, quote-unquote, within the system. I hope this is one of those situations where we axe that rule and go, yeah, Brian, you were a great center at Iowa. Very good center at Iowa. You cannot call plays. And if you're not careful, you're going to wreck this quarterback you got. Matt Nagy did the same thing with Trubisky. Matt Nagy can't call plays. He's shot the confidence of his starting quarterback, making him do things that he's not very comfortable doing with some peep. Some of the play calling they did is like, oh, let's throw it either 100 times this game or 10. Let's run it 100 times or three times. Shot the quarterback's confidence Trubisky, and now he's probably never going to be a starter of the NFL again. Be careful with your starting quarterbacks, especially young ones. Trubisky came into the NFL with 13 career starts at college, lowest since 2002 in a first-round quarterback. Confidence shot right from the bat. It shattered him, especially in year three, the year after the Bears went 11-5, made the playoffs. Nagy goes, oh, we got to focus all of our attention on this drama and this drama. And never backs the quarterback. Never has once backed Trubisky. One time. Call it, the play calling is terrible. It's the same thing at Iowa. Identity crisis, bad play calling, and suspect quarterback play at this point in time. And I hope it gets righted because I like Petrus. I like the story. I'm holding on to the fact that he holds all Jared Goff's high school records. But from this point in time, it's not looking great. It's not looking ideal. I hope it gets righted against Michigan State this week. And I wanted to talk about this a little earlier in the show, but never really got around to it. Never really got around to it because got caught doing other stupid things. But yeah, that's all I've got for you today on this Friday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. I hope you all enjoyed the show. I hope you listened this far into the show. We've updated the website for the LoganBlackmanShow.com. And also, add some new things to the Logan Blackman Show store. So scroll down to the bottom of the store and you'll see some new things that we added on there. So if you want to go get some of that, go ahead. And with that, I will see you guys later, hopefully on Monday. But with my schedule that I've been doing right now, I don't really know. But we recorded this on a Friday, eventually got it out. So I will see you all next time. Peace.